The reason for giving is to glorify God. It is because you are so thankful for everything he's done for you and for who he is that you want to glorify God. So that offering, that charity, that extra thing that you give, the whole reason is to give to God because he first gave to us. The whole reason is to put your money where your mouth is. And to say, you know what, God, I love you so much that I want to give you above and beyond my tithe. I want to give you more. Sometimes we call that a faith promise, and then the fulfillment of that faith promise is an offering. This is the Money Minister Podcast. I bet you thought I'd be a man. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan, and I'm a financial coach and minister in training. I firmly believe that Christians shouldn't have money worries. This podcast is about keeping money in its place as a tool and not allowing it to rule your life. I challenge conventional beliefs we Christians have about money and use the Bible as my source of absolute truth. Join me. Let's work together to keep money in its place as we follow Jesus with our whole lives. Welcome to the Money Minister, episode two of season two, How Christians Should Give. Hey, if you are a regular listener of this podcast, then I'm so sorry I'm late. My little family of four got COVID last week and I was taken down pretty hard. I really wish I had got my booster shot before catching COVID and my husband and I have said that over and over and over again, but say lovey, I didn't and ended up completely laid out for a few days, but not in the hospital, thank God. My youngest, who is too young to get the vaccine, ended up with the worst symptoms in the house. He was he was actually looking really bad and was feeling bad for a few days. He looked gray, which if you have seen any movies of kids who are down and out with a fever, with the flu, that's what he looked like. And I was pretty worried. So I was on my knees praying and and that's when I got COVID <laughs> taking care of him, but he ended up being okay. And so did the rest of my family. I know this is not what this podcast episode is about, but our severity of COVID really followed our vaccine status. So my son who couldn't get the vaccine had the worst symptoms. I had the second worst symptoms. I did not get my booster shot yet. My husband had the third worst or second best symptoms. He had gotten his booster shot a couple of months ago. And my daughter, my oldest child, had just received and was fully immunized, just received her second dose. She's six years old. And she was fine. It was like she had no symptoms at all. She still wanted a ton of attention while while we were trying to keep everybody healthy. But, you know, she's a good kid and toned it down when I asked her to please be nicer to us because the symptoms were just like terrible. So anyway, this podcast episode is about being nice. It is about charity and how we're called to give money as Christians. If you're not a Christian, this can be a fun study for you. But if you call yourself Christian, then this podcast episode is for you. Giving and God's actual prescription for giving 
is a hot button issue for Christians. I know this because I work with Christians, I'm a financial coach, and I have these discussions, personal discussions, one-on-one and in groups, very often. And it is like I am walking on eggshells, trying to walk on water while doing this. Bad joke. And there's a lot of back and forth, and there's a lot of controversy, and that makes a ton of sense to me. Money is not easy to talk about. We all know that money is emotional by now. If you've been listening to this podcast uh, before it was called The Money Minister, when it was Living a Budget, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, then you know money is emotional. Every single decision you make with your money needs to feel like the right thing to do. We use money to soothe our hurt feelings or our sadness. We use money as a sense of, of worth sometimes, even though it really shouldn't be, or to gauge how hashtag blessed we are, right? We use money and what we're supposed to do with it. We use money to make ourselves feel better, to show how wonderful we are, we use money and place it in a position where it shouldn't be. And so that is why this podcast episode is so important because the attitude that we take toward money and toward giving really comes down to this big thing that God has commanded us to do, which is giving. And that can't I mean, it can't be a more controversial issue. I'm sure, I'm sure, okay, I'm sure right now your blood might be rising it or boiling, just wondering what I'm about to tell you to do with your hard-earned money, right? What I'm about to tell you that God is telling you to do with your hard-earned money. Well, first, let me tell you that I started looking at this because I look at a lot of budgets and I work with a lot of Christians. Some people tithe to their churches, some people don't. Some people give to charities or to Christian organizations, and some people don't. Some people don't go to church, so they tithe elsewhere or, or don't tithe at all. Some people don't give at all. So what exactly does God call us to do, and why does he call us to do it? First, let me tell you that looking at this issue needs to be looked at from the perspective of the New Testament. It needs to be looked at from the perspective of Jesus Christ, our Savior. There are a lot of rules and regulations in the Old Testament. We're going to make sure that our lens encapsulates encapsulates everything that we know so far. um, Of course, this is my perspective. Everything that we know about God, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit, why he's called us to this earth and what he's trying to do on earth, and what he's called us to participate in. So here's what I found out. First, there are two types of giving. The first is tithes, and the second is offerings. That's consistent between the Old Testament and the New Testament. There are tithes and there are offerings. Tithes are are spoken about often in Hebrews when talking about Melchizedek and the order of priests and all of that. It's are primarily in the Old Testament. They were they were first brought up by Abraham, who gave a tenth of what he had captured from a, a raiding party, actually. He was rescuing people. What he had captured to Melchizedek, the king of Salem and high priest of the Lord, you know, high priest of the Lord Almighty. So he gave a tenth of what he had gotten to the priest of God. 
And that then carries through the Old Testament. It carries through all of the, I'm looking it up right now. I have I have 23 pages of notes here, <laughs> so <laughs> bear with me. I'm not going through all 23 pages, I promise. <laughs> but it carries through this, this tithing that you see in Exodus and Leviticus, in Numbers, and all of these different laws. The tithe of the land was given to the priests, and the tithe is one-tenth of what the people had earned, of what God had blessed them with, they gave to the the priesthood, they gave it to the operations of the temple, and those priests then gave a one-tenth to Aaron and his sons, who were the high priests, or there was one high priest, but the high priestly line, right, who were who was doing like all the, the inner uh, courtyard work and, and the sacrifices to the Lord and, and whatnot. So they gave one-tenth to the special priests, right? So, and that actually, that carries through today. My husband's a pastor my or a minister, and I am going down that route as well. He gives one-tenth of his income back to the church, and I tithe one-tenth of my income to the church. So in, in different various forms, but it is going to the church, and he works only as a minister, and sometimes we'll get people's tithes and gives those to the church. So so that that follows through. That is part of many church processes right now. So that's the tithe. It is talked about. It is considered to be a normal part of someone's budget. It is something that you need to, if you are Christian, one-tenth of your income should be budgeted for as going to the church, the church you attend, so that that church can be supported, can continue along in the ministry. That's the normal part of giving. That is that is one whole section of giving that God has called Christians to do, consistent from the Old Testament through the New Testament tithes. There's a second part of giving. There's a second part of giving, and those are called offerings. Now, offerings are fun. Offerings also stem from the Old Testament, from the days where there was a temple and and there were high priests and, and other priests and people who served God. Offerings were when, well, let me differentiate because there's a type of offering that was meant to cover up uh, sins. And we have that now through Jesus. So we don't have those kind of offerings where we say, you know, hey, I'm going to give you this ram or or this burnt sacrifice, and it is going to cover up my sins so that I can be forgiven of my sins. We don't really have that kind of offering anymore, not as Christians, because Jesus was our last sin offering. And if you believe in Jesus and you put your whole faith in Jesus and follow him with your life, then his sacrifice is it. That is it when it comes to covering up and accounting for your sins, for forgiving your sins. That's all you need. But there is another kind of offering. It was called a free will offering. It was basically when somebody was like really excited and they wanted to give and they were happy and 
They wanted to glorify God. They wanted to give back to God and say, thank you, God, for all that you've done. I want to support you. I want to support your church. I want to support your ministry. I want to glorify you and everything that you've been doing. Here is my free will offering. And you could go to the the temple and do as many free will offerings as you wanted. It was fun, right? It It was a celebration kind of offering. We still have that today. That is another kind of offering that we have. It can be through your church. It can be through charities. And actually, I'm going to suggest a structure because there's a reason for this. There is a reason for giving, and it permeates from the Old Testament through the New Testament, this reason for charity and this reason for giving. The reason for giving is to glorify God. It is because you are so thankful for everything he's done for you and for who he is that you want to glorify God. So that offering, that charity, that extra thing that you give, the whole reason is to give to God because he first gave to us. The whole reason is to put your money where your mouth is and to say, you know what, God, I love you so much that I want to give you above and beyond my tithe. I want to give you more. Sometimes we call that a faith promise, and then the fulfillment of that faith promise is an offering. Group Financial Coaching is a group that's getting out of debt together. We celebrate wins, keep each other accountable, and tackle the hard life questions that come up. If you wish you had a group of like-minded people to lean on and learn from, join us in Group Financial Coaching. We're here to help you get to financial independence and have fun on the journey. Learn more at saverstreet.com slash groupfinancialcoaching. Oftentimes, it, it looks like a few things. And I'm going to give it a little bit of structure here. So coming back to the reason we give is to glorify God. Jesus actually kind of gave us a method for this. It's in Acts. I'm going to pull it up right now. When Jesus was going right back up to heaven, when he was just leaving his disciples, the people he had just witnessed to for quite a few weeks, he, they said to him, Lord, are you now restoring your kingdom to Israel? And this can be found in Acts chapter 1, verses 6, 7, and 8. And he said to them, it isn't for you to know times or seasons, which the Father has set within his own authority, but you will receive the power You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So then he was taken up into the cloud and and all of that. And and they they stayed in Jerusalem, like like Jesus had asked them to, praying and fasting and, and waiting, basically, for what they didn't know exactly what it would look like, but waiting for Pentecost. So Jesus gave them this structure. He said, you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus was helping them understand how they were going to glorify him, how they were going to witness to him. The structure was starting in Jerusalem, where they were then, their their primary geography, where they currently were, and then going out to their nation, Judea, you know, Israel, you know, where they were 
they were living Judea, the, the province and region, and then Samaria, so just outside of that, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So looking at this and, and also realizing, yes, I've read many other parts of the Bible. I've, I've read the whole Bible about 20 times at this point. But looking at, my memory's not good, so don't, don't ask me to quote you a bunch of stuff. I just kind of make a lot of notes. But looking at this, and piecing together everything that God has said and Jesus has said throughout the Bible, he's said a bunch of things like give and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap for the measure you use it will be measured back to you. He says other things like, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. That was Acts chapter 4, verses 33 to 35. And throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, the commands were for the poor to be taken care of. The commands were for us to do God's good deeds so that others would glorify our Father in heaven. The command was to take care of those around you, to take care of the poor and the widows in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. The command was to take care of the people around you, like the Good Samaritan, to look at the needs that are in your community and physically take care of people so that God would glorify our Father in heaven. The people around you, your community, and then just outside of your community, in your nation, and then in the uttermost parts of the earth. I would like to suggest to you that outside of your tithes, your offerings should be in three stages. To look after the poor and the needy in your community. So giving to food banks, doing things where you are actively involved in your community. That should be the number one priority for your offerings, I think. And then number two is your nation. Looking after the poor and needy in your nation, because that's where God has put you. That is your ministry network. That is that is where you are located. And it wasn't coincidence. God put you there for a reason in your community and in your nation. And then after that, the world. Now we as Christians, we're pretty good at giving to the world. We are pretty good at that. We give to organizations like World Vision, Feed One, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's very effective. You can feed a child for $10 a month through Feed One. And I I think that is an organization that is doing amazing works. They're sustainable. They source the food from the communities in which those people live. Uh, They do things very well. And I appreciate Feed One. I think they're excellent. And we're really good at as Christians in the United States at giving to help people in the world. What we're not good at is really reaching out to our communities, 
to glorifying God in our communities, to putting on events in our communities. And maybe you are good at this, but I, I haven't seen it too often. People who are reaching out in your community so that others would glorify our Father in heaven because they've seen your good works. And you're doing it on purpose as a Christian out loud so that other people could glorify your Father in heaven. I'll, I'll stop saying it at some point. But that is the point. That's the point. If you're a Christian and you love God and you, you love Jesus and you're serving him with your life, after your tithes and supporting the church that you attend— Offerings should go to your community as a Christian, putting on events that will help your community fulfill the needs of your community in the name of Jesus. And then second to your nation, fulfilling the needs of your nation in the name of Jesus. And then third to the world. Does your budget reflect that? Does your giving reflect that? Honestly, I don't think mine does. And I'll tell you why. It's easy to give to the world. It's easy because we're removed and the cost is lower. It's harder to give to the nation. We don't know where the needs are. We're pretty removed. And I've I've actually started advocating for different laws to be passed so that tax dollars can help give to the needy among us in ways that are sustainable, that actually help people and will really really decrease poverty in the United States. And you're probably going to turn it off, but I'm just going to say why, what it is. I think Medicare for all or universal healthcare is going to decrease the number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States, which is medical bills. And that's a huge cause. That is a huge thing that I think is going to help the United States. Now, we can get into the politics of that at another time, or if you want to talk to me about that, feel free. Feel free to reach out. I'd love to have the discussion with you, but we also don't have to agree on it, and that's fine. So that's a way that I support and give to the nation. Now, when you give to your community, that's a little different. That looks like something different. That's personal. That's putting yourself out there. That's a little scary. That requires time and effort and commitment and a lot more money if you live in places like I live. And so it's it's harder to brainstorm and harder to find out how to give and what to give and how it will bring glory to God. But I'll tell you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. Ask and God will tell you the path forward. So here's my challenge for you. If you are a Christian, look at your budget. You know I love living on a budget. You know that I'm all about the budgets. And if if you're having trouble budgeting, come see me at saverstreet.com. Let's get on that so that you can use your money the way that God wants you to use your money. So look at your budget, guys. See how you're giving. And if your giving reflects tithes, the thing that absolutely needs to be worked into your budget and the optional offerings, giving to your neighborhood, maybe food banks in the name of Jesus, giving to your nation. Maybe that's calling up senators or or congressmen, your representatives to make sure that there are ways to support the poor and needy among us and then giving to the world. Those are the three categories 
of offerings. And then the not very optional, I mean, I'm sorry, guys, it is not optional in the Bible, the not optional tithes. If you're having trouble with any of those, come talk to me. I've prayed over it. I've done a large study on it. I won't open up my many, many pages of notes. Well, maybe I will, but don't worry, I won't ask you to read them all. Let's talk it through. And now go pray. Pray over your budget. Pray with faith that God will open the storehouses of heaven if you tithe. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, says the Lord. Let me quote it right. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Malachi 3.10. Guys, if you are a Christian, you are called to give because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you read many, many books in the New Testament, they say that giving, giving is not, a, really, it's not about the money. It is about supporting people and, and making sure that the poor have what they need, but it's also about your heart. It's about putting your money where your heart is. It's about changing your heart to be the heart of Jesus. It's about being more like God and being less like the world. It is about being compassionate, being charitable. It is about loving people like Jesus loved them. So go use your money the way that God wants you to use it. And if you have any questions, let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. So now go pray over your budget and see what God has called you to do. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living a Budget. I'm glad you're here. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate our podcast on iTunes or whatever you're using to listen. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at saver.street. And if you need help with your personal finances, feel free to book a complimentary consultation at saverstreet.com. We'll help you find what you need in your journey to financial independence. I'll see you in the next episode.